Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets. Thanks so much for listening. Please take a second to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets and subscribe and rate us on iTunes. That's how hardcore Hornets fans find us. Over the next few weeks, we will be recapping every single player season, introducing you to some of the prospects the Hornets could target in this year's draft, and keeping you updated on all the news you need to know around the Charlotte Hornets. Joining me this morning, if you watched our live show this season, you know her as Calamity James. She's also a producer on Locked on Hornets, Claire James. Hello, Claire. Hello, hello. Today we are talking about Michael Kidd Gilchrist. First, let's break down the stats. Uh, Played 81 games this season. I don't know that a lot of people would have predicted that. But his production, just in terms of his total production, reverted back to his almost to his rookie campaign. Right, exactly. And so, I mean, you know, leading the team with games started at 81 on top of everything, you know, he only played seven games last season. And so that was a pretty, uh, pretty dramatic rise. So I'm sure everyone was very happy to see that. But yeah, during the exit interview, you know, he even said that he felt like a rookie this season. Yeah, and I think that's uh, you could see that in his game a little bit because we thought the three-point shot was going to develop. It did not. Um, You know, he reverted back to having to depend more on uh, that ability to get to the rim and uh, to pull up for his mid-range shot. I thought offensively, when he got into transition, he was very good. When he cut off ball, he was good. When he pulled up from mid-range, he was very bad. Uh, 0.8 points per possession, according to Synergy. That puts him in the 25th percentile on his pull-up shot. His jump shot, just his catch-and-shoot, was even worse. 0.75 points per possession. 18th percentile, shot it at 36.7%. Remember, folks, Kimball Walker shot 39.9% from the three-point line. So uh, his catch-and-shoot numbers were awful. He needed a dribble, which oftentimes allowed the defense to recover and set. Offensively this season, it was a struggle for Michael K. Gilchrist. No, absolutely. And I think that you know when he said... I felt like a rookie. You can almost see his shot even revert back to the form that he had uh, during his rookie season or even just earlier in his career. So he's kind of missing Mark Price, I think. I think there's a little bit of that. Um, But obviously, you know, Coach Bruce Kretzer has also gotten uh, laudits for his ability to help jump shooters. Um, But I think you have to look at this injury that he sustained last season and understand that there was going to be an adjustment uh, getting back full time after those two shoulder injuries. I think, you know, you saw him in those seven games last season come back from that first shoulder injury, and he was throwing himself all around the court. He was the same Michael Kidd Gilchrist we saw, but I think that second shoulder injury sort of was a, a little bit of a wake up call for him. And despite in the offseason saying, you know, I don't change the way I play. That's just, you know, that's a recipe for disaster. Uh, I, I think he did, and, and he sort of admitted a little bit 
uh, in his exit interview. Let's take a listen to that. I was very cautious of my shoulder this, this uh, season. Very cautious. That's an admission from a player, again, who in the past has said, I, you know, I, I play all out. Right, exactly. And, you know, that was his style. And he was one of those players that if he wasn't playing all out, and if he wasn't playing the type of scrappy, you know, play that he that we all know and love of Michael Kidd Kilchrist, then he actually was not as good of a player. And I hate to say it. And I think that that did kind of show this season and that, you know, there's absolutely you know, good reason why he should be concerned with his shoulder. There's absolutely good reason why he should want to dial it back a little bit. Um, I don't think but it was, at but the same I time. I don't think it was his effort or, or his energy. I don't think no, he was no, no. holding back. I think you could see it in things like you look at his uh, field goal attempts within three feet, career low for him. His free throw attempt rate was down to rookie year levels. You could see him not necessarily holding back, but just playing more carefully this season, pulling up a lot more, right. you know, going cutting across the lane and instead of trying to finish at the rim uh, and, and put that shoulder in danger, go to the ground, he was pulling up for a jump shot no, and, I, and it hurt his game. I, yeah, and I completely agree. Um, I don't mean, you know, he dialed back in his energy. I just mean that he... And he admitted it himself, you know, he just wasn't as scrappy, I don't think, as he has been in years past. But I did notice, you know, career overall, he has 6.4 rebounds, but in 2016, he actually went up to seven rebounds per game. So I thought that that was actually kind of indicative of the whole rebounding by committee that Steve Clifford likes to do with his big men. And it paid off for Michael Kidd Gilchrist, which also allowed him to be aggressive around the rim without putting himself in too much danger as far as those shoulders go as well. He wasn't, you know, in years past, you can see him almost leaping over guys to try and go for rebounds. You didn't see that as much this year. And I think that that whole rebounding by committee actually paid off. Yeah, for sure. But and but still, he was uh, a very effective rebounder for this team and, and helped them because they don't have, you know, those traditional, um, you know, bigs that like to get in there and rebound. They have to do that. So uh, let's talk about his defense, though. That's what Michael Kidd Gilchrist is known for. His steal and block numbers were up significantly. Yeah. 77 blocks on the year, led the team in block shots 31 times. That's interesting, Claire, because we talk, when we were talking about uh, two seasons ago, MKG possibly winning a, uh, you know, uh, all defense, you know, all defensive right. team, you know, th- that kind of thing. Um, we did point out that those steal and block numbers weren't significant and that may hurt him uh, because he's seen as more of a coverage type defender. But this season, those numbers go up. But I think one could make an argument that the the opposite reaction was that some of the coverage ability for Michael Kidd Gilchrist went down and his defense suffered as a result. What do you say? Yeah, no, absolutely. So Pretty much throughout his career, he's known as like the glue guy on defense. And he's known as a guy who can, you put him on the best player and he's going to stick to him. That doesn't always translate into a lot of steals, though. That's usually when, you know, it's either in transition or it's one of the other players that once Michael Kidd Gilchrist forces his man into making a bad pass, one of the other players gets credited for the steals. So I was happy to see him, I don't know if evolve is the right word for his, for his year, this year in defense. But, you know, at least be able to expand his role a little bit and be able to have some of his other teammates even step up and force their their players into bad passes or force their men into bad passes. And, you know, especially in the transition defense, that's where Michael K. Gilchrist, I thought, was really impressive. 
Yeah, transition did a great job of of uh, carrying this team in in that regard. Defensive box plus minus two point two, uh, that's a record high for him, career high. Uh, defensive um, RPM, the the real plus minus stat that ESPN likes, he was fifth overall among small forwards, so that's good. Mm-hmm. But when you dig into the synergy numbers, they actually don't like his year defensively, uh, rating his year below average, and uh, it, it didn't bode well in the pick and roll either. And I wonder though. How much of that is, okay, this team is built to defend as a team. And so if the rest of the players around MKG are getting blown by or, you know, the domino effect of, of help coverage, you know, how much of those spot ups that he missed, you know, missed on that's going to count against him in synergy was a result of that. Plus, you add in uh, this shoulder injury. I thought there were a lot of times this season where he went up against. Uh, bigger offensive players because you know that's the other thing mkg is always guarding the best player on someone else's team when that player happened to be bigger i thought he got bullied in the paint a few times absolutely and lebron james is the perfect example of that yeah no i I think it's it was an issue of i mean maybe just not even being cautious with the shoulder but how strong is is that shoulder i think there's going to have to be some things that happen uh, in this offseason for mkg to regain uh, confidence his confidence. In shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. confidence in the shoulder. Because that's always an issue when you, when you have these type of injuries. And again, I don't think – it's strange because I just don't think it was an injury or it was an issue after the first injury. I really think after that second straight torn labrum, right. uh, you know, I, I think some – doubts about the future of, of his career may have started to seep in. Well, exactly. And, you know, for someone like him who does play scrappy, and I've mentioned it before, I think I've said – scrappy maybe four times now but uh, and for someone like him who does play that way it is always going to be a concern the risk of injury is always going to be a concern and and he in my opinion i think he should be aware of that and he should be you know a little at least cautious of it because you know obviously we don't want him to have another season where he only played seven games and i know that he doesn't want that either yeah but you saw the effects of him being cautious no. We always talked about, you know, well, he can't play that way because it would change his game. And I think this proved it right. And you had Rich Cho saying that he had an up and down season, kind of sort of lumped him in with Frank Kaminsky and Nick Batum and that, you know, core group of players that was not able to get better from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. And it was a problem for the Hornets. No, absolutely. And I said it earlier if you take away MKG's scrappiness, then he becomes a much less effective player. Um, and you're right, though. It, it did show in the stats, and it did show in his play during the season. My point, though, is that he should be concerned. You know, how much he wants to dial it back is up to him, but any player out on the court should be concerned about injuries. Any player should be aware of the situations that they're being in, and especially as as players get older. You know, you can't throw yourself around like you're a rookie anymore, even though he felt like a rookie this year. But during the offseason, I would like to see him get stronger, not only for the uh, not only for for defending bigger players like LeBron, but in, in you know, he had mentioned a few others as, re- as well, DeRozan being one of them. Um, but because I think it would help him create his shot better around the rim, he, it would help mm-hmm. him finish better around the rim. Um, so that way he doesn't have to rely on that, frankly, shaky jump shot of his. Okay, so the big question for me heading into next season is will MKG be a starter by the end of next season? By the end of next season. 
So I think he goes in as a starter. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think a lot of this depends on the development of his three-point shot because I think Steve Clifford wants to play four out, one in. That's the ideal. And the idea was that Michael Kidd Gilchrist could develop an outside jump shot, sort of prove the concept in the seven games in the previous season. Right. And now this past season, though, it, it didn't develop. So I think it's all kind of hinges. No, absolutely. But I mean... I think that's going to depend, you know, whether or not he's starting by the end of the season. I think we would have to bring in either someone new or we would have to see pretty significant development from Jeremy Lamb in order for him to to start over MKG. All right, Especially well, defensively. Let's go to our uh, drop for MKG, the best drop of the year for MKG. This comes courtesy of Captain Kurt and at Hornets Gifts <laughs> on Twitter. And it was uh, this uh, from, of course, Eric Collins. MKG, three wonderful letters. Three wonderful letters. Hustle, will, determination. MKG, he was all about it. That's the player recap for Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Again, we will be recapping every single player this season. Stay tuned. Uh, Thank you, Claire, for joining me today. Absolutely. Thank you. Like what you hear? Consider sharing this podcast with other Charlotte Hornets fans. The easiest way? Our new website, LockedOnHornets.com. There you can download the podcast, listen to our latest episodes, and check out Locked On Hornets live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.